Radio, your gamers roll. Hello and welcome to the 13th episode of Eberron Renewed. I am your Dungeon Master, Eric, and I just wanted to have a little introduction here to let you all know what's happening this week. We had a couple of things that we wanted to do before we started the next arc of the adventure, um, which we've already recorded and are in the process of putting together. But we had two episodes that we had recorded that weren't quite long enough to be a full episode for an entire week. Each of them are about 20 minutes long. So we decided to do a little Eberron renewed double feature this week that includes a Eberron reviewed where I sit down with Randy, our newest player who's taking Trevor's spot and talk to him about his character and him as a player and just introducing him into the story. And then the other thing that we did this week is a, a new segment for lack of a better term that we've kind of toyed around with calling Eberron reduced where it is a short vignette role-playing session between myself and Philip as Beric having a conversation with his new sword that talks to him. So that's what we have for you this week. Um, Thank you for your patience as we're still trying to figure out release scheduling and everything like that. But we definitely hope that you enjoy the two episodes that we have for you. Normally, Jeff is the one that runs Eberron Reviewed and really does the sit-down conversations, but just scheduling-wise, we weren't able to sit down with Jeff, so hopefully me and Randy talking uh, will be good for you all to listen to. So once again, thank you all so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episodes. Hello, and welcome to Eberron Renewed, an actual play D&D 5th edition podcast set in the Eberron campaign setting. I am your Dungeon Master, Eric. And I'm Randy. And welcome to another episode of Eberron Reviewed, where we take a step back from playing the campaign and just kind of look at a meta overview of what we've been doing. And we released one of these last week, but we felt like releasing another one would be kosher because we are introducing a new player onto the show, Randy. Last week, we obviously said farewell to Trevor, and so we wanted to give you all a chance to get to know the Man, the myth, the legend that will be coming in to replace Trevor and uh, play a new character and introduce his character through this so you all aren't confused or just coming in cold to his character uh, being on the show. We've already recorded three episodes with Randy actually playing his character, but we wanted to give you all a chance to meet him first. So welcome to the show, Randy. Thanks, Eric. So why don't you start off telling us a little bit about your character to start off? All right, my character's name is Theradak. He's a half-orc fighter, and while he's a little below average intelligence, he has a lot of common sense. Yeah. He collects, of all things, stones. Okay. And the reason for that is I collect a lot of things in real life, and I just wondered, you know, what could Theradak collect in this world that, mm-hmm. that he might like? Yeah. You know, it's just a hobby for him. And so he collects small rocks okay. and he only keeps 20 in his pouch because you just can't keep everything. You can't keep so many. So it's not like he picks up every rock he sees. If he sees something that he thinks might be better than something in his pouch, well, he'll swap out. Okay. So, you know, it's just, like I said, I collect a lot of things and 
I wondered what could he possibly collect. And then I thought of my uh, wife's grandfather who collects rocks. <laughs> okay. Or collected rocks when he was alive. And I thought, well, this would probably be just fine. It would work in a fantasy setting. Sure. You know? Why yeah. not? Doesn't you know? No, no Silver Age comic books. <laughs> no Redline Hot Wheels. There might be uh, dolls in Eberron of like the epic heroes of of yore or something. Yeah, maybe, but <laughs> action figures. Action yes, figures. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay, what led you to like playing a half orc or playing a fighter? Like, just walk us through what drew you to those kind of things. Well, I, you know, I started thinking when you asked me if I wanted to play and you know to come up with a character. And I got to thinking that of all the years that I've played this game, I don't believe I've ever played a half orc in any capacity. Okay. You know, of course I played a fighter before, but yeah, let's try a half orc and see how that goes. I guess that's a good thing to point out. Um, Those of you that listen to the other show on the network, the knowledge check know that I've been DMing for about a decade now, but uh, Randy, how long have you been? involved with Dungeons and Dragons uh, since the seventies. Okay. So yeah, you're an old OG original gamer. Yeah. Paper and pencil. Very cool. So without getting into too many spoilery details in regards to like story wise, what happens, but how, how was it playing Theradak for the first time with Dex and Barrick and uh, me obviously running the game? It was fun. Um, it was interesting to, interact with their characters or to watch them interact because, you know, obviously they know each other Mm -hmm. and here's this new character coming in to the game with them and, you know, and not knowing that one of them can change and, you know, Mm -hmm. and his reactions to that, like what's, you know, a lot of it, you know, our listeners can't see, yeah but you know, when I'm sitting there (laughs) staring, staring at them, like what's going on. Yeah. But it it was, it was fun. It was interesting. I think I'm really going to enjoy it. Very cool. Was there anything really, because obviously you've been playing since the seventies, but this is your first time playing with a microphone in front of your face and the knowledge that your, your actions in a game are going to be broadcast to a bunch of people. Was there anything different about that to you or was it just business as usual playing D and D having fun? Uh, No, it's a little bit different. I mean, of course it's a blast, but it's different in that, you know, my, my character, he kind of talks like this and, and I hope he's, you know, can be understood. Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, really concerned with people being able to understand the words coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Um, you know, not that he, ha- he doesn't necessarily have a speech impediment, but I thought, you know, the guy has tusks coming out of his head. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe this is how he would speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully you know, if they can, I'll have to change his voice. We'll, we'll have him go to a dentist and get the tests removed or something. Yeah, something. Um. <laughs> but you know, it's a lot of fun. And I didn't mention, but Theradak is, uh, he's a little clumsy. Yeah. You know, he's six foot and a lanky one seventy, but he's kind of accident prone. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of times I was rolling dice to, to see, you know, and the, and the guys were like, you know, why are you rolling right now? Why are you rolling right now? You know, like one time it was like a 18, you know, and they, is that your attack? And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm rolling for, they don't know what I'm rolling for yet. Yeah. But um, I guess they will if they listen to this. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's really cool that I, I'm always a fan of self-imposed drawbacks, I guess, like, like the clumsy, clumsiness and stuff like that. Just, it, it makes the character feel a lot more real like yeah. um you, you have because i remember 
I think you were running a game way back when that I played where I said that my character was deathly afraid of blood and like it just made him queasy and I would do the same thing where I would roll right. to see if he fainted any time he an attack he he landed for him. Um and so yeah, I get a kick out of that stuff and um I'm excited to see what kind of shenanigans it causes down the road when you yeah, inevitably might, fail one of those checks. Yeah, we might slip, you know. Uh, you know, a special shiny rock might catch his eye, even though he's not going to go get it. You know, mm-hmm. he still knows, hey, this is a fight going on here, so I need to pay attention. But it, you know, could distract him for just briefly. And, you know, we'll see if something like that happens to the poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so leading up to actually being on the show, you've been listening to the show. Um, you, you are a grown adult man that doesn't listen to a whole lot of podcasts. So I understand that you weren't fully caught up when you jumped into the show. Yeah. I don't listen to any podcast. <laughs> so, um, but you, but you are now on one. So that's right. So um, I've got to catch up, <laughs> but where, where you're at now, all of our listeners have heard of, of them getting into the cogs and, um, they, the first episode of that arc of, of actually getting down there. So, what you've listened to thus far, I mean, story-wise, what what do you think of the other characters? And based on that kind of knowledge, like, how do you think relationships are going to form with Theradak and Dex and Beric? Well, I mean, I like the characters. I think they're interesting. Um, the one, another thing about Dak is that he doesn't form relationships very well. Yeah. Um, basically due to... Dak is short for Theradak, by the way. Just, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, don't, I guess it's okay to tell him that he was a cook in the last war. Yeah, and his encampment got overrun, and he lost several friends. So he's slow to make friends, but if he becomes a friend, you know, if he gets into that to where, and I'm sure that will happen. You know, when you're running with these these other characters, yeah, that. Uh, but he's that type that he's going to fight to yeah. the end for them. Uh, he won't leave any of them behind. He won't run off, you know, to come back later and pick them up. He's, you know, he's like a Marine, I guess. You know, no, no man left behind. Yeah. So, you know, I could see him forming relationships with them, but initially he's probably going to be a little standoffish, a little, you know, I don't want to get to know you because you may die tomorrow. Yeah. Fair enough. Narrative wise, like with, with the, the hunt for Jacob being kind of the driving force for Dex and Barrick, um, Andrew Konos, we don't know that he's dead, but where, because obviously that is going to continue to be the impetus for those two is, is finding this boy. That was the mission that set them out into the quote unquote larger world. And they've been having these experiences. So given Dak's background with military and his situation, when the party meets up with him, how, cause I mean, obviously, spoiler alert, our intention is to keep you around for a while and continue to travel with these people after the arc that you're currently in where your purposes line up momentarily. Right. But once the shoe drops and it's time for them to move on and hunt for Jacob, I mean, how difficult do you think it's going to be for Dak to remove himself, assuming that he's developed good relationships with Dex and and Barrick? Like, do you think that's going to be a difficult hurdle to jump or um, um I think it it could be because once Dak gets settled in with something like he's got a job. Yeah. You know, he's got his employment. Mm-hmm. And 
it may be hard for him to to leave that, to be able to leave that, and, and possibly to want to leave that. Yeah. So it may just depend on how the other characters influence him, you mm-hmm. know, and what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish with finding Jacob. Yeah. You know, is it going to be enough for Theradak to want to say, I'm going with you? Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know yet. Okay. I was just curious. Um, you know, and at that point, I could see that if Theradak decided not to go, then, I mean, it's almost like, okay, now I need another character. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, narratively, you want it to make sense. You don't just want to kind of hand wave and be like, well, he wouldn't go, but exactly. I want to keep playing this character. Exactly. So, um, yeah, he's going to have to have a reason to go with him at yeah. this point. And um, I know a lot of our, our listeners are fans of um, another D&D podcast called The Adventure Zone, where they have been fortunate enough to have a, a cast of three characters that have been the same for the entire duration of the run of their podcast up to this point. Um, and having listened to multiple other RPG play along podcasts, that that is a rarity. Like there's a couple others that you get like 20 episodes in and there's maybe one or two characters that they started with still going. So it, it wouldn't be way out there for, uh, for Dak to have played his role in that chapter and bring in someone else new to, to go forward. Yeah. And of course, you know, if I really end up enjoying playing him so much, I'm probably going to try to find a way, <laughs> find a reason. Yeah. That makes sense that he would want to carry on. Yeah. So I've DM'd in a game before where you've kind of had to do a similar thing where you came in after a campaign had begun and these characters already kind of knew each other and things like that. And obviously you're doing that again. Right. So talk about is, is that weird for you or are there any struggles that you kind of felt that first time playing with them of just being both narratively and actually in the room, the quote unquote new guy um, in the group? Like how, how was that? for you um it's sometimes it's a little bit awkward because you're trying to figure out you know how is my character going to fit in with these characters yeah you know they've been playing they know each other uh, and sometimes it's totally different people playing these characters that you've never played with before mm-hmm. and i think that may be when i first started playing with you guys i think i came in to that might have been amaron yeah maybe? that was amaron yeah and uh you know just finding a way to make him fit, you know, looking for ways to, for the group to accept that character. Yeah. yeah it can be a little tricky, mm-hmm. but, but the, you know, it's fun to try to figure that out also. Yeah. Um, unfortunately you don't have two players at this table that are, their knee jerk reaction is to be realistic about it. And like, I don't trust him. He just, he, we don't know him and stuff like they, they were both really good about letting you in and, and making you a part of, the adventure exactly because um, I've, I've seen it go the other way far too many times when somebody new gets brought to a table. Why don't you tell the listeners just um, we've talked about Theradak quite a bit, but um, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself and who, who is Randy? Who is Randy? He is a special education teacher uh, teaching kindergarten and I co-teach in uh, two regular talk classrooms I also do a few comic conventions a year where I set up as a vendor. I've been doing that for a while, and I also sell old Redline Hot Wheels. And I like to read. 
listen to classic rock since, <laughs> since I'm, you know, I'm from that era. Yep. You know, 55 years old and still going at it. For you, it's not classic rock. It's just rock. It's, it's just, just rock. <laughs> exactly. What's this classic? Well, very cool. I know that you sell Hot Wheels because I recall going with you to a couple conventions to help lug boxes around and stuff yes, like that. Yes, yes. So. I have to have my beasts of burden <laughs> with this poor back. I mean, do you have any questions for me as the dungeon master being the player coming in about um, just the story or how like elements of your backstory that I kind of threw at you or elements of the the campaign that we just or the arc that we just played that you're intrigued by or want me to talk about or clarify? I don't really have any questions per se. You know, I mean, I've played with you for a while. You know, yes, I kind of, I kind of know how it works, you know, and <laughs> how, you know, how you are and, and, and Philip playing, you know, I've played mm-hmm. with him a lot. Uh, Jeff's new for yep. me. Yeah. Um, so Jeff's new in general, like this is his first ever D and D game. Well, he played that little mini arc that we did on the geek pantheon podcast, but this is, this is his first real go at a full his campaign. First rodeo. Yeah. But so. you know, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, Theradak is still trying to figure out his place with these two guys. You know, I mean, he's essentially, he's following orders at this point, you know, Mm -hmm. he's doing what he's told to do. Yeah. And just trying to find his way right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess, um, this isn't very spoilery because it happens well within the first half hour of the next episode. Um, but your your kind of inroad to the group is your relationship with Crast, and he is kind of training you, and you're you're he's taking you under his wing. He's trying to get rid of a little of that clumsiness. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, teach you where your limbs should fly when you're in the middle of a fight. Yes. Do you think that because playing with you this first time, there was definitely a lot of deference being given to Crast's opinion. Like you would look yes. to him and yes. where are we going to go? What are we going to do? Um, Still looking to him for approval. Yes. And talking about it in vague terms, just to make the audience wonder what could possibly be going on. Uh, there's obviously points during the next arc where I think anybody listening and anybody watching me play Crast, his judgment gets pretty severely impaired over yes. the court. Like, any reaction that Theradak really has to that? Does he even pick yeah. up on well, it? Well, it was it was extremely difficult for Theradak to basically stand up to him. Yeah. In that one spot where mm-hmm. we had there. You know, that was probably the first time Theradak had ever, you know, done that. Mm-hmm. And then Theradak wasn't sure if he should follow after, you know, Crass gets upset and walks away. Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, do I, you know, and... Theradak probably knows well, you know, it's probably best if I just let him go brood. Yeah. So I don't go. Okay. Um, Do you think there will be, through the nature of telling a story in the narrative, there's any number of things that can happen to you and Crass' relationship, whether it's severed involuntarily or something happens that just causes your paths to part. Do you think Theradak is still, it's going to be hard for him to to not have that kind of... uh, compass in the form of crass to really look to and be guided by and have to operate on his own when that time comes? Or do you think he'll be able to make that adjustment pretty easily? I think he could make that adjustment. Um, and a lot of it depends on crass character. Yeah. Um, you know what crass does and how crass reacts to situations. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think if anything severs it, it will be crashed. Okay. Okay. So Theradak wouldn't willingly give up that relationship. No, as of right now. Yeah, no, something would have to happen to cause him to be extremely disappointed in, you know, what his ideal is of Crast mm-hmm. and what he knows of Crast. And you know, he's been shaken a little bit by this, you know, last couple of times, you know, I guess what three episodes that yeah. we've done. It's like maybe a side that he hasn't seen. You yeah. Know, and I'm not sure if he would know have known about Crast and his opinion on some things before this. Well, and I kind of viewed this as like the first, maybe the the first time, if not probably one of the first five times, if not the very first, that you and Crast have been like quote unquote in the field together. Yes. Like um it's it's purely been academic up until this point. Um so So yeah, so he's seeing a side of Crast that he hasn't seen. Yeah. And he's Disturbed by it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Randy, anything else that you would like to say to the listeners out there um, just about joining the show, moving forward? I mean, anything you'd like to say? Uh, Well, you know, I haven't played in a while, and I'm kind of excited to be back in the saddle. And doing a podcast is interesting, and it's been a lot of fun so far. I think I'm really going to enjoy it. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Um. Please go, uh, if you're interested in being involved in the community and getting in touch with myself or Jeff or Philip or Randy or even Trevor, um, go to Facebook and go to the Geek Pantheon Facebook group. We are all active on there and you can just post things, speak your mind. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at the Geek Pantheon, or you can drop us a line directly, um, the Geek Pantheon at gmail.com. Or over at thegeekpantheon.com, there's a contact us form. Uh, so, yeah, please let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you think of, of Randy um, be <laughs> joining n- be the nice show. Be nice now. Be nice. <laughs> but, yes, and please, if you really like the show and you want to support us in any way that you can, we just ask that you go over to iTunes and drop us a rating. Um, and if you feel like it, a review. That really helps us out. We're still a new podcast, and so... Every every rating and review helps more than you can imagine for a new podcast like us. So, yes, please go let us know what you think um, and let us know if we can be doing something better or if we're doing something that you really, really like and want to hear more of. That's honestly where these episodes came from. We did one Eberron reviewed. It was Jeff's idea and the response was so positive that it was just, okay, let's keep doing these. So, And they're a lot of fun to do. Sadly, Jeff can't be here today, but... We look forward to having him back as soon as we can. So, yes, thank you all so much for listening. Once again, I am your Dungeon Master, Eric. And I'm Randy. And we will see you next time. Hello, and welcome to Eberron Renewed, a D&D 5th edition actual play podcast. I am your Dungeon Master, Eric. And I'm Philip. And welcome to a special episode of Eberron Renewed, where we're going to be trying something a little bit different. Um, Philip would like to call this Eberron Reduced. We'll see how that title sticks. But these are little mini episodes that highlight a specific character actually in character, as opposed to Eberron Reviewed that Jeff does, where we talk about characters in a more meta standpoint. This will be actual role-playing between Philip and myself, uh, kind of digging deeper into some elements of Barrick's backstory and, um, yeah, seeing what comes of it. So if you all really like this, 
and you want more, we're thinking of starting up a Patreon here pretty soon, and we're thinking that this might be a good uh, incentive to include there just things that won't affect the overall narrative of Eberron Renewed, but something to give a little bit more insight, stuff like that. So Bonus yeah. content. Yes. Um, DVD special features. <laughs> Obviously, we're going to be digging into Barrick's backstory a little bit, Philip's character. Um, so, Philip, why don't you give us an idea of where we're at right now? There's a couple days of downtime after the events down in the Cogs um, where Draconos was abducted. And so, yeah, what what's Barrick getting up to in the couple days after those events? Well, uh, for those of you who haven't dug into Barrick's extensive online family tree, <laughs> Barrick's grandfather lives just outside of Sharn, on the outskirts of Sharn at a town called First Tower. And that's where Barrick's family's estate is. Estate is probably too grand a word, but <laughs> uh, and that's also where his mother is buried. And we made reference to this during the first episode of the last arc, but uh, we hadn't really gotten a chance to get into that. And essentially uh, because of the weird, uh, the weird occurrence of Barrack receiving uh, this strange sword that's been talking to him, Barrack has felt the need to get away and obtain some clarity on what exactly is going on. Uh, that, so that combined with the fact that he's quite troubled by the disappearance of Draconos and their failure once again to actually save anyone, <laughs> Uh, he's sort of retreated to his family estate to spend some time, um, in meditation and just to try and get some clarity on what's going on, at least on his side. So he can understand at least one of the things that's going on right now, since he doesn't understand the rest of them. Yeah. Okay. So, so probably the scenes finds Barrick, uh, sitting, uh, at his mother's grave outside the family estate. Um, sitting cross-legged with the sword uh, in front of his lap uh, with a, a hand laid on it, trying to trying to understand it. Uh, and so uh, at some point, Beric probably just breaks down and, and, and looks down at the sword and says, All right, who are you? I am an ally of your blood. Right, except my mother never mentions you in the journal. There's older writings about a sword, and presumably that's you, but what what blood of mine? I know not who your mother is. But you don't say that you don't know who my father is. That is correct. Who's my father, then? He was a great warrior who wielded me masterfully. And where is he now? Gone. How? I know not. I left his service before. Why did you leave his service? He ceased... To act with purpose. And what is that purpose? To vanquish allies of the darkness. What is the darkness? What? You're not the first one to bring this up. 
What what is the darkness? Those that try to extinguish the light. And what is the light then? I do not understand what you mean. What is the light? It is everything. The light is all. Are you speaking just of the concept of goodness? Is is the light is the light an entity? The light is goodness, yes. The light is what it is. How is it that my mother comes into this if you don't know her and yet she's in possession of this book that mentions you, that mentions wielders, that, that, that's written in hands I don't even understand, uh, that speak about this darkness, about you? The story of your bloodline was not your mother's to write. I know of this book you speak, and your mother's hand does not belong. Who made you? I am. I have no maker. You're immortal? I have always been and always will be Cursebringer. Then who gave you to me? I came to you of my own accord. But a figure, a figure stopped me in the street. No one else saw him and handed you to me. If somebody asked you, after you've given them a gift, who handed the gift to them? Would you deem your hand a separate figure? I see. What is it about my blood that brings you to me? Your blood is the agent that must vanquish those that serve the darkness and wish to extinguish the light. Are there others? Is it just me? Anybody that has your blood is an agent. But you say my mother is not, and I am of my mother's blood as well. But your mother does not have the blood of the agents. The book that you know about. My mother found power in it, and I've been wielding power in it, but it's... It's not like the other powers that I've seen. It's not like the other magic that I've seen. It's not like the magic that I was taught. What? I'm not a wizard, am I? <laughs> You're not a wizard, Harry. <laughs> what? What is it? Where does it come from? If it's not, if it's not just spells. Your mother was able to manipulate our power through knowledge given to her though it was not her right but the power bestowed upon your line fuels your ability to fight 
those that work against the light. And where do you come into this? Do you give the power? Where does it come from? Power isn't just there. I am a part of what fuels your power. And my blood is the other part. There are many things at work here. And all of them must be used. If we should win the day. You've spoken of of a mission, of a purpose. What would you have me do? I would have you fight against those that operate against the light. I would have you vanquish agents of the darkness, which you have done thus far since I have been observing you. I came to you because I knew that unlike your father, you would not lose focus. What made my father lose focus? I think... If you ponder on your own question, you already know the answer. Hmm. But perhaps... Fate operates in a mysterious way. For if your father had not lost purpose, we would not be talking now. True enough. So all you want... In exchange for this power, all you want is that I fight things that are evil and defend things that are good? That is all I have the ability to know now. When the time comes, more will be asked of you, though I know not what that may be. Then are you saying that my father stopped serving the good when he met my mother? He stopped fighting for what was right and fought for something else. I have heard in the book of other other wielders of weapons drawn from drawn from this power and they're not they're not always swords are there other weapons like you or do you change forms I may be the tool that can be of greatest use to those who wield me do you decide that or do I I am in charge of how I present myself. So I'm not the boss of you. All right. <laughs> Noted. Uh, <laughs> Look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> where did my mother find the book? Find my father? Where, where do you come from? Those 
two questions you asked have very different answers. Your father came to this land that we are in now against my wishes. But for some other duty and met your mother and freely gave up the path. I come from before any history that you may have, any writings you may be able to find. I am always... If my, mo- if my father didn't come here with my mother, why did he come here? Your father came to these lands in search of another power, a power he thought his people could use. But he was wrong. What power? He sought the pure, unadulterated power of the light. And his people? Who are his people? His people are those that live far from here, deeper. Hmm. I know not their name. But there are others, but there are other members of my bloodline, other agents out there. All the promise that was given upon your blood resides with you. Oh, that is... That is not what I was hoping to hear. <laughs> ah. So, it's entirely on me, and all you want me to do is continue to fight evil and protect the good. That's. That's not intolerable. And then, at some point, more will be asked. Not different, but more. By whom? By me. And uh, Beric, I think, dismisses the sword at this point. No way! (laughs) (laughs) And reaches into his satchel and pulls out the book as well as a pen. And he opens to the first blank page. And he begins to record everything, starting with the fading forest. Okay. And he sits at his mother's gravestone and records everything he can remember about the shadow and the prophecies and everything that's happened up to this point uh, until the light fails fails him. Okay. Very good. Well, we hope you all enjoyed this little mini role play session. 
um, vignette, yes. as it were. Um, and if you if you really like this, let us know. We're still trying to figure out what avenue we're going to be releasing these through, but we wanted to release one just to let you all get a little taste, get you hooked. Um, so if you like this, let us know. Also, let us know what what other aspects of the story you'd you'd enjoy seeing explored in this way. Obviously, we're looking at things that aren't going to directly affect the story, which is why you know Barrick stayed away from questions directly regarding what we're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, so let us know what sort of things you want you would like to see explored more in this way. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all so much for listening. And once again, I am Eric. And I'm Philip. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.